Hello, thank you for being here with me. This is Bloom, Baby Bloom, and I am Colleen Troy, your host. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Joanne Pfeiffer, who lives in Ames, Iowa. And Joanne, I know you from uh, your niece and my very, very dear friend Anne, uh, who yeah. I've known for a long time, and she immediately brought your name up and as someone who uh, inspires her. You, Joanne, you are an inspiring woman to your niece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and and welcome, welcome, and so glad you're yeah, here. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. And Anne mentioned it to me. I just thought, well, this is kind of a compliment. Wow. Yes. Well, from our little bit of uh, chatting yesterday, you are a woman who lives by certain principles, and you you believe in these principles of following your heart and taking risks in your life. And that's really what I want to hear you share um, some of your stories today about taking risks. And one of them, and I believe there's a lot more that you have to share, but one of them is when you were around the age of 50, as a single woman, you adopted children. So would you like to share anything about that story? Um, Yes. I always wanted to be a mother. Um, I remember as a nurse working in a pediatric unit after I graduated, and one of the parents asked me uh, if I thought if he he thought if I thought I would have children, and I said at least a dozen. I said absolutely <laughs> about a dozen. He just laughed. So I I always wanted to I always pictured myself raising children I think and uh, it started out very different than most people I kind of lived my life backwards most people mm. get married first and then raise children and then they um, maybe incorporate other aspects of their lives coming in, like maybe they'll um, continue on with the work they had done for a few years after they graduated from college or high school, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I did the opposite. I did a lot of my professional living before 50, and um, a lot of things I did before 50, that's for sure. I've probably, yeah, I've been in a few, a variety of areas, let's put it that way. So then when I was 50, I realized, hey, but I better get started if I'm going to be raising children. <laughs> and I had just gotten a divorce, and I thought this is, uh, and I was very inspired by a role model uh, at a mm. conference I went to and said, you know, I can do this. I can raise children as a single woman. And my sister had um, really given me a a lot of permission. That sounds strange, but I just told her what I wanted to do. I mean, when I did this, most people didn't adopt, and most people certainly didn't adopt as a single parent Mm -hmm. at at age 50. Absolutely. So I I guess I, I don't know, I started throwing out the idea to my family, and... Uh, my sister said, go for it. So that just, I just plowed right ahead and started the process. And I 
I couldn't have made a better decision. That's the biggest piece of all, that with all the risk-taking and all the scariness and people saying, I don't, I've never heard of this. Are you sure this is what you want to do? So the big piece for me was taking that big risk and Mm. then realizing, oh, my God, it's all about following your heart. So the newspaper was so... I guess surprised or found this kind of an interesting story. So they interviewed me and they entitled it Follow Your Heart and that couldn't have been a better title. So I realized by doing something like that 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 is like the key to life. I really have found that over and over. And then when I, I think it was probably 10 years later, I adopted my second daughter from Russia. My first from Chile, my second from Russia. So we have kind of a... Yeah, 10 years later. So we have kind of an international family, which makes it very, very interesting. You just become closer to those countries. When you adopt a child from another culture or country, you it becomes part of your life. And that, to me, is uh, you kind of live a rich life of really um, becoming more acquainted with other cultures, ready mm-hmm. your own house. So I find that pretty, pretty interesting. Okay, so you have, uh, you're somebody, Joanne, who bucks the system, and and yet, I and guess. in the face of um, crit- mighty criticism, I don't know, but you definitely had support from your family. But you had a lot of people say to you, "Are you crazy? You know, why are you doing yeah. this?" You yeah. stood yes. firm in your uh, position and because you're following yeah. your heart. Yeah, I think when your heart, this is so booming interesting, when your heart is leading the way, you, you will, I think in some ways, it shows up again and again, but a very gentle and softly, it shows up. So, yeah, it, that's how it seemed to me. So what do you say to somebody like me who who maybe feels uh, fear? There's, I feel fearful at times, and, and that means my heart, I'm not recognizing what my heart's desires are. How do you, you know, what would you say to somebody like oh, me? That is <laughs> such a good question because I had that voice too. I had that voice too. What if you just got divorced? Now you're going to adopt a child? What if you don't love that? You know what I mean? I had all these questions. Uh All these questions and all these doubts. But you know what? I'm almost at the point to believe when you have doubts and questions, I think it's a good sign. When you take the bigger the Mm -hmm. risk, the bigger the gain. And not foolish risks, but I mean somewhat calculated risks. Sure. I think we... Oh boy, and fear is such a fear runs our culture. Oh. Fear runs our culture, and we have to replace that with love. We have to replace that with love. So, no, I totally agree with you. Fear is such a big part of our culture. And I think once we know it, then we can work with it. So, if we don't know it's there, then you just kind of follow it. But once you realize, mm. oh, yeah, that's my fear voice. Oh yeah, okay. I can I can work with that. So, did what kind of challenges did you 
faced um, besides some of those inner doubts uh, and uh, other people getting involved in your business by telling you what you, they think you should do. But what other kinds of challenges did you face as a single mom at 50 um, adopting a children and then a child and then 10 years later another child from other countries? I mean, and how did you surpass those challenges? Well, I think a big piece, a big piece was finances. Okay. I thought, wow, this is a big step. I mean, I, but it, but you see, I had done a lot of my professional growth prior to this. Mm-hmm. So I was a professor, a professor, associate professor at a college, mm-hmm. and the college was 35 miles from my home. So I had to kind of figure out how is this all going to work. I visited with a financial advisor, and I I do believe one of the financial advisors said I I don't think this is a good idea. But I had my parents, when my parents died, they left each of us children a portion of the 80 acres that my father had had for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had a little bit of a cushion, mm-hmm. like, you know, 15 acres of cushion, five, five farmland. So I knew I had that financial cushion, but then I still wanted to keep that for emergencies. And so I had to figure out if my salary was going to be adequate to raise a child. And okay. I was I had just finished paying off my home because when my husband and I got divorced, he had agreed that I could pay him for the rest of the mortgage. I can't remember exactly how it went, but I paid off my mortgage and his portion and my portion, I guess I should say. I paid mm-hmm. off the rest of the mortgage. And so that was great. You know what I'm saying? I had we had purchased a half a house, so to speak. So I really only had half of the mortgage to pay off. Sure. And sure. so the financial was a big piece for me. Or that that was one thing that I had. To, I said I had to have make some kind of sense that okay. I could actually financially do this. But see, I had a half a house. I had my professional world nicely, I would say pretty pretty well established. And mm-hmm. I had been teaching at that universe at that college, now at the university for probably ten, fifteen years, either yeah, maybe ten, fifteen years, and so they said I could go part time. Mm-hmm. And so you see what I mean? A lot of things worked out professionally. And I had that financial cushion. I think sure. that was those were both very helpful. Sure. Very sure. helpful. And then I moved into a neighborhood. I was in a neighborhood where I had amazing family living on the corner. And whenever I needed to be at an early meeting or a late meeting or snowstorms, my my neighbor would always pick up my child and then my second child also. So mm. I had amazing help in my neighborhood. Oh, so uh, financial support was there, uh, support system was there, and then the personal support uh, around you that you trusted as a single yeah. mom, as oh, all yes. single moms yes. need. Uh, so those yeah. items worked out for you. Oh, that's that's yes. uh, very inspiring. So, and the adoption yeah. process, was that a challenge at all? The adoption process, I started out doing... Um, uh, I got a hold of, I, 
I, my neighbor across the street was very involved with international lives at the university, so I met a lot of women from all over the world, and I was mm-hmm. very impressed with the people from South America. So I decided to adopt from, from Chile. And mm-hmm. the first day I went to work and met one of my colleagues, and I said, I've decided to adopt a child from Chile. And she said, oh, my classmate did that. Come on, let's go to the phone. I'll call him right now. But do you oh. see how things fell in place? Do you get what I'm saying? We have to trust the universe. We have to trust the divine. We have to trust the higher power that that things will fall in place. I mean, does that make sense? What would you call that? Serendipity or does that make sense? Um, Oh, yes, absolutely. Trust, faith, sort of a give, you know, faith that it's going to it'll work out. That that you're what you're if you follow your heart's desire. Yes. Um, yes. There's a lot that's, that's unknown. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. And get, well, I was just saying, I, I met two women when we, that were all getting a divorce at the same time. And so I said to one of the women, I said, I just can't figure out what's going on with me. Why am I so interested in adopting a child? I'm an older mm-hmm. woman. I'm a single woman. And she said, well, God planted that in your soul. So why wouldn't you respond? And <laughs> so you realize that there's, you know, you got, there's so much to our lives. There's so much to the divine. And when we're following our heart, don't you think that's a message? Hmm. I mean, isn't our heart all about love and the creator? And I have a lot of deep beliefs and all that. Yes, you do. I can hear that very strongly. And yesterday when we were chatting, you, your observations of people as they age are that in this culture, many people say, oh, mm, you know, I'm older, so I can't follow my dreams. Uh, and so, yeah. okay, share, well, what, do you, what do you want to say that you, after adopting children, you've gone on to do a whole lot of other things. Um, share some of those well, things. And, and, mm-hmm. I should tell you I'm a rebel. <laughs> I'm a rebel. If you ask my siblings... If you ask my siblings who's a rebel in this family, they would say me. And you're happy to rebel. say that. You're proud of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I don't feel insulted at all. <laughs> I'm, you know what? We, we, you cannot follow your life according to what the, what the society, which is kind of unhealthy, right? Mm. Which an unhealthy culture... Is, is saying is the way to go. I mean, that, that is, I mean, it's good to look at what, what are the things that move us to do certain things and then look where that comes from, where's the source. And if it's in our culture right now, I think we would all say our culture is not healthy. Mm-hmm. We yeah, have, so, so, mm-hmm. I mean, we have work to do in the ethical area, the justice area, and on and on. Mm-hmm. And so the um, can I ask Joanne? Do you mind telling us how old you are? Uh, right now, I'm 83. 83. Okay. So you have uh, peers that you uh, associate with every day, and ha- how is it that you stay in this place of being a rebel? And uh, you're doing yoga. Are you teaching yoga? 
I'm not teaching yoga, no. I okay, teach other class. I teach a book group. I teach a group, group, a book group, and we meet every fall and winter. Okay. And these women are absolutely amazing, and they all have children in grade school and high school. And so I am very connected with a lot of parents who, mm. and my child is, my youngest is 23, so I'm kind of like in that age group mm-hmm. in many ways. So I... I just think that's really important that when you, all of us, we need to be around people of all ages, it seems to me. I think it's really, I mean, I work in mental health area a lot. Now I'm Mm -hmm. working in hospice, but I worked in mental health a lot in my teaching, in my clinical, and we all understand group psychology, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you all your friends are the same age, then especially I think when we get older, we focus a lot, it seems. Like we have a joke in our family, you can only talk about your health if it's not good for five minutes, that's it. In other words, we cannot spend too much time. I mean, does that all make sense? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, so your atten- you, you personally choose to put your attention um, in efforts that involve uh, different ages, different uh, generations, well, and yeah, you share... And you raise, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. When you raise children and you're in the school system, you become friends with those people, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. sure, that's your with community. That becomes your community and... Being be, working full time as a nursing faculty, I mean, you are extremely busy. I, I, it's it's unbelievable. But anyway, so my social life was going to my children's soccer games <laughs> and spending time with other people, other parents. That was mm-hmm. kind of my social life because I didn't have time beyond that. Mm-hmm. So, and there was a lot of soccer games, a lot of soccer. <laughs> so both my girls played soccer throughout their from five up and mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. So I've gone to a lot of soccer games. And so those you begin to, those people are your social um, connections. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that a lot. I mean, it's, it's so refreshing to be mm-hmm. around other parents and we had time just to sit and are not. I mean, we would be watching the game and talking and going to a restaurant when there were tournaments and so, yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I ended up meeting a lot of people, and then in my yoga classes, we have all ages. So when I started my book group, it seemed like it was mostly attractive to young middle-aged women, like in their 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And these are amazing women. So every year we have one or two books that we read and um and learn from. And we learn so much from each other. Hmm. What's one book you are reading right now, your group? Well, we just finished with, this is interesting, one of our book group people last year wanted us to study um, uh, um, astrology, right? astrology. There was a big move in the group where several people wanted to study astrology. So we did the astrology book and then one of the 
women in the group said, oh, let's do, I, I went and decided to have them buy both astrology and numerology. I thought we'd have time to do both. Well, <laughs> we just got done with the astrology book and with time, and so we did have like a few weeks to the, uh, actually a couple months left of the year to step, to open up our numerology book. So we just finished the numerology book, which was absolutely fascinating. I mean, if you want to understand yourself, and that's what I did with Anne when she came to visit with her sister, we spent mm-hmm. the whole day, and we did we they did their their uh, numerology charts. It's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. And she, since I'm a healing touch practitioner and a nurse, I'm very interested in vibrations, and I'm very interested in anything that has to do with I me mean, because of the planets are all related mm-hmm. by vibrations. You get it. So I'm very interested in that, too, because that's all a part of vibrations. And so there's so much to our lives that are hidden. I don't know, it's probably not the right word, but in those books. And it's amazing that and we've gone through college or high school and grade school, and none of us have ever been studying numerology or astrology. And years and years ago, ancient years, ancient times, they people who wanted to be doctors had to study astrology for I can't remember how long. Hmm. I mean, it's, it, I like the idea of even using that when I work with my clients because I'm a holistic practitioner. So mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of having, knowing about their, their charts to really understand them, right? Yeah, it's, it, it so anyway, gives us a broader dimension uh, of yes. uh, seeing who this person really is. So, Joanne, yes. you yes. are not only a rebel, you also have a very enhanced um, sense of curiosity in, in the yes. world I'm and very people. very curious. Very I can hear curious. this. I, I'm fascinated with the brain and all of, oh, I'm just fascinated about people. Mm-hmm. And I, so many people have done such amazing things and you just kind of want to know how did that happen? What led you? I mean, you can't learn enough, right? That's why I started this program, Joanne, and that's one reason why you are here yeah. talking today because I find you fascinating. And I, and I only had a 10-minute phone call with you yesterday. That's about all I know. And yeah, I think yeah. um, that you have a, uh, so much to share. And, and here's where I would like to go in the last five or six minutes that we have together today. Yeah. And yes. maybe you, you, I can have you back again. I would love that. You have taken your interest in people and your years of counseling and holistic health and healing into the hospice realm. Yes. So yes. What, what takeaways do you have from that work? What would you like to share about that? It's, uh, uh, anything uh, you want to say. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, hospice is amazing. I feel, oh my heavens, when I go to work with my clients, I'm there as a healing practitioner, right? I'm healing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm healed. I'm healed. Mm. And some of these people, you cannot believe the amazing people in those beds. You cannot believe that. Well, you know, because you do have this volunteer work. Yeah. So you, you realize they, in, in our culture, I mean, from, I guess, I don't know, the picture that seems to be prevalent is like it's the worst place to go is into a 
quote, we used to call them nursing homes, now we call them rehab centers, to go into a rehab center where all these people are, I don't know, what they say waiting to die or something like that, but you know what? Once you get acquainted with that person, they are amazing, and they don't have to talk, right? Mm. The, by, the energy that comes forth from these people is mm. so healing, and do you think it has something to do with the fact that they can no longer, they're so vulnerable? And you know how beautiful people are when they're vulnerable, right? Well, that's the key point right there, Joanne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're these vulnerable, beautiful people, and their soul talks to you. <laughs> it's, mm. it's, it's, I mean, if I if I go in the door and I'm going, oh gee, boy, I got this to do and that, you know, and I'm kind of, kind of uh, in a maybe like stressed, I walk mm-hmm. out and I'm just fine, just fine. Mm. So there's a lot of healing that they heal me, you know. So mm-hmm. I guess it interchanges, right? In that mm-hmm. one, oh um, yeah. It's, yeah, I guess. You know, they say you get out as much, as much of a conversation as they get out from you, you get from them. Does that, you heard of that before? Yes. So that's yeah. kind of, I guess, how it would apply in this case. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what are your thoughts, Joanne, on this quote from Pema Children? She says, what will happen to me today or this afternoon or this evening, is as unknown to me as the moment of my death. I like that a lot. I like that a lot because we, we, let's see, I'm going to get the word, we project what we think will happen in the next minute, the next hour, and when we do that, we're living in the future, we're not living in the present, and so we're not even many times able to really be able to see all the uh, miracles going on around us because mm-hmm. we're so busy projecting mm-hmm. into the future rather than maybe what this quote, that's what I'm seeing in that, what will mm-hmm. happen to me the rest of this day I have no idea because we, I mean, we, you have, we have mystical moments, right? Where right. they, I mean, I don't want to sound dramatic, but like things happen and these mystical moments, they will really reach a level that you don't get to all the time. But, you know, some people are just aware that we probably have these quite often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we have to we have to work at avoiding knowing quote unquote what's going to happen to us the rest of the afternoon. I mean, we want to avoid that and avoid planning uh, planning so much planning all the details yes. because then we yes. do get lost in the whole planning or the worrying about yeah. the future instead of absolutely except, absolutely. Yeah. Instead of That's opening my, my, my yeah, my mantra for today was trust, just oh. trust and get rid of any fears, because we can I mean I just thinking raising my children, guess what I didn't know the parents, of course, I mean, I didn't 
my first daughter, I got to meet the birth mother just last year. But I oh. didn't really know, and I had gone on a picnic, actually, the the month I was in Chile adopting her. I must, yeah. But I didn't know them as people, so to speak. I just was acquainted with them once, the birth mother, not the father. And mm-hmm. what I, so I always had that concern in my mind, oh, I don't have no idea what's going to happen to this child because we had no history. I mean, I had very little history, both mm. my girls. So maybe that was good, right? But guess what? I spent too much time fearful, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we use too much of our time being fearful. That's what I think. And what is, why do we do that? I mean, I think our culture promotes that a little bit. Not part of it is our, probably in human nature. But yeah. if we could just rid ourselves of fear and just live from love, our lives mm-hmm. would be amazing. Well, I, I so am hearing your stories, Joanne, and I think um, that you, you are so rooted in that philosophy of living from love and living... Uh, by following your heart, and that's yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Those are some beautiful and very inspiring stories. I'm very moved by uh, by all of it, and and there's so much more for you to share, isn't there? <laughs> I guess there would be, but I someday when I get rich, I'm going to start a television station, and we're going to the television station is going to be all about this. You know, following all of your the heart and all of that, well, all about being less fearful. I mean, just having these amazing messages and that that would really feed us and nurture us and nourish us. Mm. Because mm. our culture is always about taking pain, <laughs> taking pain medication and mm. medication for depression. Do you know what I mean? And mm. all the bad things that are going on in the world. Isn't mm. that true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, well, Joanne, actually, our three minutes is is uh, up here, oh, and so... Yeah, thank you for I this opportunity. Wa- oh, I want to say thank you very, very much. It's been my pleasure to uh, to just very in a very short amount of time hear some of your philosophies of life, and uh, uh, thank you very, very much for sharing them. I really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank right. you. And yeah. hopefully, what I'm hoping is that somebody might hear this and be be inspired or be moved, and uh, that would be that would be great. And and they and I hope the same thing. And even one of those people will be a, a TV producer with all kinds of money in yes. their pocket, Here and they're going to approach all, you. <laughs> yes, I love it. They'll call you up and say, what is that lady's name? We want a TV station. That's right. She needs to be in front of people. <laughs> Thanks, Joanne. Oh. Okay, Take thank care. you so much, Colleen. Yeah, okay. take care. Bye. Bye-bye.